everybody, welcome to the NC Real Estate Podcast. It's an absolute pleasure having you over here again with me today. Thank you for taking the time out of your day to come and listen. Today I have got another extra special guest. I've got Kate Taylor here with me and I've known Kate probably for the last four or five years. I was first introduced to her when I did my APC the second time round and she mentored me on that and I was successful in taking my APC at that point. So I have a lot to thank to Kate for that. She also introduced me to Feel the Fear and Do It Anyway, which is where my (laughs) love of self-help books started. So thank you, Kate, for that. I remember you saying that to me. Natasha, go and read this. And I did and I really soaked up everything that was in that book. So Kate, I'll leave it to you to introduce yourself welcome thank you what a lovely that was a really nice start uh, Natasha uh, yeah my name's Kate and I'm a training consultant and I specialize in APC and valuation and I work mainly for the RICS I'm an assessor a chairperson an auditor and an appeal panel member and I do all the RICS's valuation distance learning as well as authoring my own um, books on APC I've got a commercial property and a residential property revision guide and I deliver a, a little bit of public course training as well so pretty busy pretty full on <laughs> yes and you do some of the Lionheart training as well don't you oh I do yes I could have forget that <laughs> because <laughs> that's now where yeah, we are connected life ba- <laughs> yeah work-life balance um and yes um because of course I know that you're involved with that as well aren't you I and am. uh yeah and, and you do an amazing course for them as well and I think we're doing important work there yes I agree. I completely agree. So today we're going to jump into some questions that really tie in with the RICS, property investment and everything to do with that. And some of my questions are actually from my clients as well who are really interested in finding out a bit more about what you do and getting some really good tips. So let's let's get started with those questions. So a lot of my audience are residential landlords and some of them are looking to invest in commercials. So I'd love to ask you, what are the pros and cons of investing in commercial property? Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, now, I've stuck to residential, but that's because of the major drawback in my mind, which is the entry level in terms of cost. So you need more money to invest in commercial as a general rule. Um, I think there are growth opportunities depending on which sector of commercial you're interested in. For Mm -hmm. example, I'm not taking on retail at the moment, but I think there's a lot of potential in manufacturing. Um, The tax situation for commercial, particularly with SDLT, um, there's fewer barriers there. You don't have the extra um, stamp duty to pay when you buy commercial property. So that is encouraging quite a few residential landlords to branch out. The main reason I like commercial, if I could afford it, um, would be that the market is just more business focused. And you know the imperfect economics of the property market, Natasha? Yeah. There's less evidence of that imperfect market in commercial property. Now, it's still a very imperfect economic uh, market um, and there's still some regulation um, and government interference and tax, but there's less illogical behaviour from market participants um, predicting where growth will come in residential and how the market will behave is a lot more difficult because it tends to be more heart than head. Yeah. Whereas commercial is a financial decision and the participants in the market are primarily investors and they're looking at, um, you know, target rates for return and they're looking at long term investments. Um, I, I like that. Yeah. Um, and I think that we might eventually branch out into uh, commercial, to be honest. But um, at the moment, we're sticking with resi. 
Yeah, and I think that that's also a really good, another good reason for having commercial is that when you're doing property management, managing commercial tenants is so, it's oh, far yeah. more business relationship, isn't it? You're right. Um, and as an experienced residential property landlord, um, and we manage students as well, so we're practically parents to the lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> Whereas in, in the commercial world, you're dealing with business people and fellow professionals. There's a lot less emotion involved. Yes. And they go home at five to six o'clock, don't they? They're not there overnight. So you're not going to get those out of hours calls. Yes, that's right. So, yeah, it, um, it, it can be a lot easier. <laughs> and so you're a buy to let investor yourself. I'd love to know, how did you get started? And what is your investment strategy at the moment? OK, well, um. When we got started a long time ago and, um, you know, um, so I think we bought our first property in about 1985, mm -hmm. um, but it was the student house that we were living in. So we, we bought our own student house and then we kept it and let it when we moved on. And we've just added to the portfolio as we gained an expertise in that market. Uh, and that's all around Nottingham Trent University. And that, that market has grown with us and increasing regulation, uh, particularly around HMOs, has meant that there's been a very active management. Mm -hmm. We've, um, we're quite keen on the corporate social responsibility side of residential property. So uh, one of our important policies is to make sure that all our properties are as sustainable as possible. So we've done a full program of refurbishment with external wall insulation and um, new boilers and things. So we've got really excellent EPC ratings. Um, and yeah, it, it's worked very well for us over the years. Now it's a small portfolio because obviously it's, a, it's not my main business. Mm -hmm. Uh, probably similar size to many of your clients, I would imagine, Natasha. We've it's only fifteen properties, yeah. but um, what we're doing now is we're very hands-on and we do everything in-house. And to be honest, I just do a bit of valuation and keep out <laughs> the way. Um, my husband is the property manager who leads the entire thing, and he's consolidating the portfolio now. And he's at the moment getting rid of the things that aren't in our core market yeah. and we're sticking to what we're good at basically and focusing everything on yield so um now that we're very low geared um you know the the, the income is the main reason we keep doing it so I'll, i think we've reached about the perfect level for us and we probably won't be expanding further fair enough and so do you find that nottingham is still kind of a buoyant market for student lets have you had any of the you know those high-rise blocks with the student pods coming in or has that not been anything that's really affected you we have um and um you know all of the big corporate players are very active in nottingham um there's two universities in the city mm -hmm. uh, the university of nottingham and nottingham trent we are closest to nottingham trent although we have students from both universities and our business model is a fully managed service and a very much personal relationship with the tenants. So our USP has been a um, customer service focused approach. Yeah. And these guys are often quite nervous. You know, they're just coming out of halls of residence for their second year. They're young. Well, it's like my mentoring role for APC all over again, really. <laughs> yes. So, you know, we, we go in and we teach them how to use vacuum cleaners and things like that. And mm -hmm. And we love to do it. And I think that that has given us a fantastic reputation in our industry. And tenants come to us, not the other way around. Oh, fantastic. That's exactly so, what you need. Yeah. So we don't really compete. Uh, we're also cheaper than the corporates. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, do, you, do your properties have those en suites and everything kind of catered, catered for well, them like they do in those 
pods? Or... Yes, that's a very good question, Natasha. They, they, we're getting there. Um, we're, we're having it every summer. We have what we call the summer works. And while the students are away, um, we, we dip in and we do some refurbishment and we have a rolling program of refurbishment to minimize obsolescence. Mm -hmm. And obviously key to that at the moment is the installation of en suites. But because our properties are all houses and are quite old houses, we've got big rooms and plenty of space for en suites. So this year, I think we're doing en suites in two properties. And last year we did two. Fantastic. Um, eventually hoping to en suite the lot. So while the portfolio is not growing, it is still developing to keep up with the market. Fantastic. And, I, and do you have, do you plan that out? Do you plan like a five year plan or do you have a 10 year plan? How do you plan for that? We, we, have, um, we have several different plans and strategy. There's a long-term strategy, which is a 10-year plan. Mm -hmm. And that's really uh, around strategic disposal uh, for tax purposes. And then we have um, a five-year plan, which is about gaining the capital for these major refurbishment jobs. And then we also have an annual plan, which is really about regular maintenance and also the HMO checks and our normal policies. Um, my other half can be found on a Thursday hanging around <laughs> Nottingham Trent University um, talking to our tenants and um, having cups of tea with them oh fantastic yeah we do have a great relationship with them all it's all first name terms and they, I mean they phoned they phoned us up last year to ask us um, you know how they should vote <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> I know it is it is literally like having 40 children <laughs> I can imagine but do you enjoy it Oh, we love it. We love having yes. that relationship with these fantastic young people. Can I also ask you, before we jump into the work-life balance side of things, a lot of my followers are, every time I put out a post about disposing of an asset being really part of the property life cycle, I get a barrage of people saying to me, never sell anything, hold, hold, hold. <laughs> what are your beliefs around that? I think that's a tad simplistic. It is. Um, and obviously building an asset base is, is a good strategy, but it has to be the right asset base. And there are wrong ones. Yep. We've made mistakes over the years and we've, we've got rid of those ones and moved on to something that's going to work better. We do a little bit of speculative development as well, you know, small building plots, uh, refurbishment, you know, buy, convert and, and, and sell on. Although we're not doing so much of that at the moment. But we do we do sell those properties when they've reached their target value and, you know, take the money and go on cruises. <laughs> yes, exactly. And so you do plan for that. You've planned for your target. And then yeah, at that it, point, yeah, it, it's it's a life that we, we want a life that involves um, work life balance, really, and lots, lots of holidays. And it, it's really important to us um, not to keep pushing and moving forward and also we're not comfortable with a high level of debt yeah so we won't brand and I know that the modern way is to have a much higher level of gearing than we've got but but that's not our model and it served us well through two financial crises <laughs> yeah so it's really you're you are looking at where the risk is and kind of just mitigating against that completely constantly yeah, yeah it, it's it's very much um, a movable feast so i mean if you'd spoken to me last year i would have said we've got 20 properties <laughs> but um yeah we're, we're always shifting sands get the best possible um return fantastic so that's a great thing for all of you who are listening to this podcast and you think, actually, I'm never going to dispose of an asset. Listen to what Kate's saying, because you need to be really cultivating these property portfolios to work for you and your goals. And if something has reached that target, you can dispose of it and you can use that money to either put back into your current portfolio or buy something better. 
there is no stigma around that. There is not, no. <laughs> so if anybody's... It's a trading asset. Exactly, exactly. It's not something you live in. It's not your home. It's not, you know, a personal thing. It's a business. So, okay, let's move on to work-life balance. Another thing that um, my investors really struggle with is managing their property portfolios and also still going to work and holding down everything else that they've got to do, as well as having almost those time freedom things that they want to do, like going out on holiday or even just taking a break for a couple of days. So do you have any tips or how, do you, how would you recommend achieving that work-life balance? Yeah, well, I've got to be careful not to dip too much into the, the Lionheart lecture. But um, what I like to do, because when we were doing this, we were both working in the valuation office agency full time for many years. So I do understand this problem um, and the building of the portfolio and managing it and looking after everybody um, has been quite difficult at some points, especially when we had young children at the same time. Yeah. The, what, the key way that we got around that, you know, was to learn to be um satisfied so we would we would set a realistic target and when we'd hit that target we would take a break mm -hmm. um and then consolidate and then push forward again when we were ready so it's been quite an organic growth over a long period so very much sustainable in terms of a business yep. um never overreaching and always quite risk averse and cautious um and at the same time we've um saved and invested wisely elsewhere um, and never had to rely wholly on this portfolio for income. Okay. That's been quite important to us because there were times when there were mortgages to pay and no rents to pay it. <laughs> um, and, okay. and there is nothing like that panic. So, so yeah, we're, we're a bit cautious and careful, really. We'll never make our fortunes, will we? <laughs> um, and taking the holiday time as well. And it's, I know there's a lot of status attached to property and, I, and, I, and that's one reason why we all love it so much. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't define you no. and you don't need to have the latest BMW or, uh, or whatever. You know, you, 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 I, I think that the world is full of pressure at the moment. We're always after more all the time and yeah. that creates an inherent dissatisfaction. So learning to be satisfied is a, is, is a little bit philosophical, but uh, it works for me. And then there's just general... Um, time management techniques, yeah, meditation, that sort of thing. Um, and setting boundaries is important. You were talking earlier about the call in the middle of the night about the, the broken heating. Yeah. Or maybe that was a memory because we get a lot of that. <laughs> no. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, we, we've found it quite difficult to be hands off over the years. And because my husband is so brilliant at everything that he finds it difficult to pay someone else to do it if he can do it. Yeah. So, so he was literally turning up with a toolbox in the middle of the night sometimes. Wow. Um, yeah. It, it, and he's realized now that actually he really should pay the experts to do that and have a managed service. So, so we do everything, but he has the landlord's insurance policies that include um, emergency call outs and things like that. So there are a lot of tools available in the industry okay. to help you manage work-life balance. And we have a handyman and a gardener and I used to do the cleaning myself in the early days believe it or not wow. uh, but now we have um, we have a full cleaning service as well <laughs> fantastic so these these are really good time efficiency strategies really aren't they instead of you going out and doing it yourself the whole time sometimes yeah. paying someone can really someone who's really good and really efficient to go out can save you a lot of time worry money sleepless nights it's vital yeah. 
Well, we, we these days we'll even, I mean, not with these, not with the student properties, but we have some other properties as well. Um, and those ones, um, we will, we get people to let them for us and manage them for us, even though, you know, we are both chartered surveyors. So, you know, using expertise in the right way, I think is quite important. Really important. And are there any other time efficiency strategies that you can share? Is there anything else you do to make sure that you're, you're planning your time efficiently? Well, on a day-to-day basis, um, when I sit down at my computer and I've got, well, at this time of year, as you'll be aware, a lot of APC candidates coming <laughs> yes. up for final assessment, having meltdowns, and, and, and I'm doing my best to support them. Um, so I have to time my plan, oh, <laughs> plan my time efficiently. So I, I like to use an Eisenhower grid, okay. which is just a prioritization technique where you'll um, split your paper into four squares and you put urgent and important in one box, urgent and not important in another box, not urgent and important and not important, not urgent. Um, and President Eisenhower used this to help him decide what to do first. So it's a sophistication on the job list. But I know that today, for example, this was a hard deadline. I had to see you at 11. So that was an important and urgent box. Whereas, you know, something where the, I need to just work on development is something I can schedule in the diary. Um, and tomorrow, for example, I've got no appointments and meetings. So I'm going to be uh, getting stuck into technical writing for Fantastic. a State's Gazette. Yes. Um, so I love that one. And I'm a big fan of the intermittent break as well. Um, so work for 25 minutes or longer if your attention span is longer than mine. And then get up and I'll put some music on <laughs> and have a bit of a dance, drink lots of water, uh, go outside in the garden for a minute and then start again. And it's like a new day. It's amazing how much more productive you can be and if you take those regular breaks. And 25 minutes is enough, isn't it? I, it I, is for me. I time myself and... Um, I don't know if you know, but I'm also a lecturer at the University College of yes. State Management. I'm an alumni and, of that oh, organisation. Yes, me too, me too. And we, I say to my students, one of the biggest tips I can give you is do just work for 25 minutes. And it's amazing what you can do. I've timed myself before and I can get out a thousand words in 25 minutes if I'm really focused. And it yeah. is about just doing that and getting up and then leaving. It is. And it's about during that 25 minutes, keeping the focus and not allowing distractions. So don't let the emails pop up or the phone ring or, you know, check Facebook. Stick to what you have to do and give it your full attention and you'll be unstoppable. Yes, exactly. And then do have that five, 10 minute break or I like to go and walk the dog or whatever you can do to get out of your headspace so that you can come back and focus. I think it's Absolutely. so important. Yeah. OK, so now I want to ask you. How do you see the property sector changing over the next five to 10 years? A big question, but there is a lot happening at the moment, isn't there? Okay, there is. Well, I'll just get my crystal ball out. <laughs> Everybody um, says that to me. <laughs> do they? I know it's, it's a great question. It really is. Uh, are you an assessor yet, Natasha? I'm not, no. You should think about it. No, You're good really at asking do. questions. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, uh, I think that increasingly uh, tech is going to continue to dom dominate the market. So in the residential uh, lettings and sales scene, you know, right move, purple bricks, that sort of thing are going to dominate even more. Um, I think that we're going to see some fast paced change because the pace of change picks up, isn't it? And things yeah. like driverless cars will be affecting roads. So there'll be a lot of road works while they put in all the smart motorway networks. Yeah. Road delivery places like Amazon, that I think that's going to make a big change. And, and their needs... Um, in terms of warehouses, um, uh, you know, both the small yes. urban hubs and the big warehouses will be there. 
the online world is going to develop and change, um, taking on the trends of live streaming. So, you know, the thing, the way we watch TV, Netflix, we listen to music, Spotify, that's going to start coming. You'll have to set up live streaming for your podcasts, Natasha. Yeah. And, and um, also, um, what else? So I got distracted there by... <laughs> Podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that um, tax is going to continue to become more complex in terms of property tax and individuals tax. So yeah. going forward, a lot of your um, clients are probably going to be looking at the changes to um, uh, self-assessment, um, yeah. going to be reporting quarterly instead of annually. That's quite a big deal for us. Mm-hmm. Um, so that will affect the use of property sustainability uh the minimum energy efficiency standards um as they bed in they'll start to be much more of a driver i think because they're only going to get harsher going forward um and i think in terms of the property profession what i really like about it at the moment is we're getting a lot more open um there's some fantastic schemes at the moment for progression to asset ricks to uh, chartered status mm-hmm. uh, or ICS are doing a pilot scheme at the moment on that and apprenticeships are the great white hope I think for um, encouraging a lot more diversity into the profession and um, the universities have got some great programs there so it won't just be people like you and me who've done the standard well not actually the College of State Management isn't the standard degree is no, it? it's not <laughs> <laughs> it's like the extra that you fit in around your work life yes that's right while you're being a landlord and yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, but the people who've, you know, hitherto they've done Reading or Nottingham Trent real estate degrees, I, I think that the, the new routes will change the look and feel of the profession yeah. so that we can match the people that we serve. And I think I'm a bit worried about retail, especially with this morning's um, news, 9% down on um, footfall overall last year. And that's huge, isn't it? It's huge. And I think um, what I've what I've been mentioning more and more is that I think retail will become more concept stores. It will be like that shop front where people come in and they try. And then Experiential move, retail, yeah. Exactly. And then retailers will be moving more towards warehouses and, and buying up or renting these bigger sheds so that they can store everything there and they can just have those conveyor belts. Or you're right, Amazon will just take over and everybody will have an Amazon shop and, and sell through there because then delivery is cheap, isn't it? You don't have to yeah. worry about that. So that's, I think you're right, that change is huge and it's coming. It's actually here, isn't it? And as much it as is. we're trying to prop up the high streets, we need to think about the ways in which we can connect the high streets with changes in technology and how that's going to work. Yeah, absolutely. And, and of course, the way that we currently tax property um, in terms of local taxation, business rates is a very flawed model when you think about uh, the burden that bricks and mortar has to um, bear over and above online shopping. So I think there'll be some major change in the next few years on that front. I hope so, because it will stop tenants going under as quickly yeah. it will give them a little bit of nobody wants to kick out a commercial tenant and especially a retailer when you can see them trying everything from a property management point of view i know it's the most gut-wrenching decision you have to take when a, a retailer can't afford it anymore but also at the end of the day what can you do and i mm. i think it's a big thing that will change too i agree with you so finally final question i also have a lot of apc candidates that are listening as well so if you are six months out from sitting your APC or even a few months, isn't it July or June, July time that the next round of sittings is? Am I right? It, it'll, it's, it, well, it starts on the 1st of May, actually. Wow. For, and, then, and then it finishes at the end of May at Heathrow. 
Wow, okay, so we're only a month out. What would you say to APC candidates? What can they do right now? Okay, well, um, I think if you're going for um, the first session in 2018, which is quite soon, uh, really you should be in the serious revision phase because the final submission has gone off. You can't change that now. Mm -hmm. So what you should be doing is revising that document because uh, as you know we have to talk about the examples in there to get to level two and three so make sure you know your own document inside out and also make sure you know the pathway guide uh, so read the descriptions of the competencies that's mm -hmm. the mark scheme that the assessors are going to use to assess candidates against so make sure that you can use the keywords in what you say um, and make sure that you'll understand the questions by reading the criteria and then, of course, loads of practice. Yeah. Um, you've got to have a mock interview. Uh, you really need to practice question and answer and practice the presentation and, until you can do it without notes. And then you can make lots of eye contact with the panel. And uh, I'm sure they'll all be really good looking, so that won't be difficult. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and just try and relax as well. Um, you yes. know, I'm a big fan of the old meditation and mindfulness stuff as mm -hmm. you know um mm -hmm. I, I still love feel the fear and do it anyway as well and I, and I think that you know actually if candidates doing their APC it might help them too the way that it helped you and it helped me yes definitely if you are doing your ABC or anybody pick that book up it was the starting place for me and definitely it did just make me go and do stuff rather than worrying about the what ifs so yeah. important well, that brings us to the end of this podcast. Thank you, Kate, for coming and talking to me today. It was really fun. It's been so quick. <laughs> it's gone. Time flies when you're having fun, doesn't it? It does. So thank you for coming and joining me. I really appreciate it. Thank you for coming over and listening to this podcast today. It's been an absolute pleasure having you here. If you want to hear more about NC Real Estate and what I do, then click the link below to join my Insider Circle. This is a free place for you to get our weekly updates, tips, advice, and more information from all of our guest speakers. As well as this, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so that every single week you can get all of the goodness from the amazing people that come and join me. Thank you for listening. I cannot wait to catch up with you again soon.